1: Ready to go the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between. Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com.
2: Hello and welcome to the 5-Year Plan podcast. Hey, ish Oh, well, we'll see about that. Uh, it's pod 392 and it's Ooh. Palace's first pod of the season. Uh, after our home game, first home game, uh, 0-0 against Brentford, Patrick Vieira's first competitive match at Selhurst Park. Uh, joining me to review that game, we have Mr. Ish himself. Kevin Day, hello to you. Hello there. How are you doing? I'm all right.
3: Ish? Thank you. Ish, yeah.
4: I'm so competitive, I didn't... No, it's much compared
2: oh, no. to you. <laughs> Oh, last week was so positive as no, well.
4: No, no, it's fine. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. It, was, it was fine. <laughs> fine. Okay, good. Awesome. Um, also, Jack Pierce.
2: Jack, are you fine?
3: I'm fine. I'm here. Uh, d- dis- <laughs> Disclaimer, I wasn't actually present on Saturday as I was uh, neck deep in mud in Bristol on a Tough Mudder. Uh, so I have caught up with the game, um, but I am. If you hear any aches and pains, that's just me in the background moving uh the most mild movements possible
4: so apologies how's a tough mother Does she go over it
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was you know it's it, it, it an experience what once in a lifetime very much once in a lifetime experience well you hope so i hope so
2: yeah uh and completing the panel today we love him and we love having him back on it's the one and only mr john curran jc how you doing hi
5: yeah good good to be back on Good to be back on so early this time. I don't feel like I'm Jordan much anymore.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you've been upgraded to, oh, I don't know. So obviously we've got to talk about that nil-nil draw against Brentford um, at the weekend. Before we do that, can I get a drum roll for a random patron, please? You'll love this one. It's Mr. Jonathan Pickles. Hey, Jonathan. Hey. What a fantastic name. I hope that's his real name. Uh, You can join our patron and get all the rewards, like Jonathan does, which includes post-match podcasts after every single game, uh, patron-only merchandise and access to the patron-only WhatsApp club, at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash F-Y-P podcast. And all patrons get 20% off our new line of merchandise, uh, which is available to everybody. But if you join the patron, you get an automatic 20% discount. And that's available, available at podcastmerch.co.uk forward slash F-Y-P hyphen podcast.
5: And- yeah, John Curran, John of course, will know all about Pickles the Dog. Well, exactly. If, ne- yeah. <clears throat> Next door to me is where the old uh, World Cup, or Pickles the dog found the World Cup. Beulah uh, Hill. 1966.
2: Wow. Yeah. There mm. you go. History on this podcast.
5: That's why it's not coming home.
4: It still smells of dog.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, I've got a bit of an admin announcement. Um, for the Spurs game on September 11th, FYP is planning to release another hard copy fanzine but this isn't just any old fyp fanzine it's a crossover fanzine with chris layman who obviously used to edit one more point so it's an fyp one more point crossover we're still working on names kevin we're thinking maybe five more points or one more plan i don't know what do you reckon
4: I'm not at that pay grade, am I? There's decisions that are made way higher than the salary level I'm working on in this pod. <laughs> on any, any pay grade. I'm half-hearted, turn up once a week, talk about football. Not, I'm not decisions, mate. And you do it very well. <laughs> very well. But anyway... <laughs>
5: Does that mean next season you're going to do one called One More Five Year Palace <laughs> <I> echo.
2: <laughs> Possibly. We'll see how the strong goes. Eastern, one year, Eastern Eagle, five year Yeah, we'll work I, on it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, please do keep your eyes out for that on September 11th. And as, as um, long,
3: J, JD, as long as on the last day of the season, we don't need five more points. That's the uh, yeah. That's the saving grace of that one. But, very yeah. true. Five,
2: Although five, that would be five Jack if we did. That would be. Typical palace. palace. Thank you very much. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one more plan, five more points. That could be very much Palace's uh, Palace's season in a nutshell. But let's 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 get on with the chat. Let's just
2: <laughs> okay. Anyway, so do keep an eye out onto our socials and uh, the one more point socials as well for updates on that. Um, also, guys, this week we have got our sponsors. This week they're a familiar face, and I will say to you, Kevin, as I set up this link, I would put my mortgage after watching Saturday on Conor Gallagher, picking up a suspension for five bookings at some point? Would you agree with that?
4: <laughs> Am I meant to agree with that? Or oh, you can if you want. Yeah, can, yes. I, oh, yes, yes, I would, yes. Oh, good, correct answer. Well, I, I never know when you're doing these sponsor links. whether I'm I meant know. to join in or not. You don't give any visual clue.
2: You're right, I don't, apart from just sort of my face in general. But um, yeah, Which is doesn't. blank. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Anyway... Speaking of mortgages, we're delighted to be sponsored again by Eternity Home Finance, a croydon and based palace supporting family run mortgage and protection advisors for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios. Email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. And we're delighted to have them back on board uh, this season. Speaking of this season, Kevin, it kicked yeah. off. Uh, well, our home games kicked off with a nil nil draw against Brentford. Now, we're going to ban this week a certain Dutch manager's name and a certain team beginning with H as well. But I will say, just to reference that, already Fiera has kicked off or started his career with more points than that manager got. So, first of all, can we finally move on from uh, that memory and eradicate the ghost of that particular manager? And secondly, what were your first impressions of seeing Patrick Vieira side at Selhurst on Saturday?
4: It was an odd one because there were, to be fair, there were plenty of oh moments, uh, but also, unfortunately, there were quite a few uh-oh moments as well. I mean, in our half of the pitch, we looked confident with the ball. We looked all well-organized. We looked defensively sound. I thought Gallagher made a really good debut, a lot of energy, a lot of skill, a lot of ambition. But for most of the game, there was just this huge disconnect between the what was happening in our half and what's happening with the with the front three. It looked like they were playing for a different team in a different game, and I don't know whether that's getting used to tactics, getting used to systems, whether or not it's because they're always getting their ball with back to goal, or whether it is simply that by coincidence, all of the front three had varying degrees of piss-poor game, basically. Neither of them, none of them played particularly well, and as is well documented, Wolf got a lot of stick on Saturday night. Um, but, but they they just weren't very good up front. I know, you, you know, the, Benteke will argue that he didn't get the service and the one cross he scored, he did get, he, he should have possibly scored, but, you know, Benteke needs to look at Mikel Antonio last night. He needs to look at what a centre-forward has to do. If things aren't going well for him, he's got to go hunting for the ball. He's got to make... He's got to stop the centre-backs, but he didn't do any of that. Wilf just had one of his old-style sulky games, just didn't seem to want to get involved, whether that's because of the new yeah, referees allowing more physical defending for a while. Schluppy's not an out-and-out mm-hmm. attacker, full stop. So there are, plenty of, there are plenty of encouraging signs at one end of the pitch and mm-hmm. n- virtually nothing but disappointment at the other, to be honest, I thought. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, not a new issue for Palace. That really yeah. been an issue for the last couple of seasons, yeah, yeah. and suspect that you're right about Schluppy and suspect that there was a few people filling in holes that will be filled yeah. by other players when they become available yeah. again. Hopefully, um, JC, what, what was your impression of the sort of the D- the Vieira DNA, or if you will, the new Vieira that Palace that doesn't really work that <laughs> Palace are uh, going for this season? What did you learn from that from Saturday?
5: Yeah, I I don't think I really saw much of a DNA yet. And that's not a criticism towards Patrick Vieira. I think it's something that's going to have to be developed, partly because he doesn't have the squad yet. Um, he doesn't have the players. He doesn't, you know, some injured, some haven't been brought in. But you certainly saw, I think there was a bit more zip in the team, or, or not necessarily in relation to passing the ball quicker, but a little bit more energy. Um, that that was maybe one positive With the top three, they did do a press a little bit more on the goalkeeper when they were passing out, which I didn't see that much with under Roy. Um, And then there's the big kind of debate about what we're seeing, trying to pass the ball through the line, through the high press, which if that is going to be the kind of mainstay of the tactics, that will take time to develop as well. Um, I don't think we're going to be seeing that looking nice and silky straight away. Um, So I'm still... I I I I'd like to kind of almost answer that question in five or six or seven games.
2: Um, Jack, can I go back to the attacking issues that Kevin brought up? There obviously something we've talked about before on this podcast this season. Do they do they worry you, or can you see any sort of indication that uh, it might be something that Vieira is able to uh, to sort out going forward?
3: I think that wholly depends on the recruitment between now and the end of the window. I think the fact that Schlapp had to start on the left-hand side of a front three and there was little challenge from the fans about that because it struck most people as the the right choice says it all really in terms of his options at the moment he's limited Um, and with the options he has available to him at the moment it means that he's having to play our best player Um, most would argue out of position so Will starting on the right-hand side I don't think he's most effective there I think he's always shown that he's best coming from the left-hand side Um, and I know at the second half he did move Schluff over to the right-hand side and Will to the left-hand side so I just think until the transfer window ends and we know what Vieira's got to play with, that's a really difficult question to to answer. Um, but yeah, you know, from what I've seen of Saturday and from what I've read of Saturday, it looked like uh, the you know defence midfield was fairly well set. I know there were question marks over Cuiate's performance, um, but the worries are all about the the front uh, third, the final third, and. I think it's clear that there's business still to be done that needs to be done if we're not going to be struggling. But, you know, unfortunately, that does mean that effectively we're going to be playing with a with a 35-game season rather than a 38-game season. Um, but the, the solace is we're not the only club in that position. I think quite a bit of business is going to still be done between now and the end of the window. Um, but I'd agree just the the point that I think it was Kevin made about Schlapp. I just don't think Schlapp is a uh, a natural attacker, in terms of his, you know, skill set, I think he's better coming in from deeper. I think that the power and the drive that we see from him, which for me is the best element of his game, mm. is better when he's got more room to run into. I think when you're restricted to that final third and you're getting the ball in that final third and have that lack of space to burst into, it's it's difficult. So I don't think we're seeing the best of Sharp if he's deployed as part of the front three. Um, but, you know... <sighs> we we it is it's not just this season you know we we haven't been free flowing for a number of seasons um but i think we, we just need to see how the next week pans out in terms of the business so fingers crossed dougie has got a few more deals in the deals in the uh in the future coming up
4: i, I think sometimes regardless of <clears throat> new systems getting used to things whatever sometimes senior players like wilf and benteke there's an element of personal responsibility here it's like yeah wilf's playing out of position Benteke's not getting as much of the ball as he wanted. So make things happen. Don't. Wolf had one of his sulking. It's like, do, do what other players do. But if Benteke's not getting the ball, then go and find the ball. Go and make sure you're in a position to take it in a different part of the pitch. Go to the halfway line and get it. Drive forward with it if you want to. Wolf. Just didn't seem to want them. You know, a lot of the time, Wolf was getting the doors back to go and Fair enough, and maybe he was told to lay off. But he just didn't seem to want to impose himself on the, on the game. And it's it's down to players like that to do so. Conor Gallagher is what twenty-one, and he was trying right from the start to impose himself on the game, to impose himself on on the opposition and. Yeah, if, if, if he'd scored that one we hit the, the angle of the post and the bar after five minutes, it might have been a different story. But he was at least trying to break the line and get beyond the, the, the attackers. And they they weren't really doing anything to facilitate, that to help that. They were just kind of, Benteke didn't really move out of his sort of 20-yard zone. And again, yes, if he wants to be a better striker, he's got to take that one chance. He's yeah, got to do what Vardy does. It didn't happen last night. But how many games have we seen Jamie Vardy not get a sniff? when he does get one, shot ch- and that Wardy again. I, I think we'll talk. Yeah, the, we need to talk about Wardy. But he gets that brilliant crossing, and it's essentially it's a classic centre forward header that he should have put away. You know, so it's it's no point those two players who look, clearly looked unhappy afterwards. It's like you've got to make something happen sometimes.
2: Yeah, I do agree about Ben. Take probably should have hit the target with that header. Um, I don't think overall he was awful. I thought he was sort of did his bits and bobs okay, but was obviously, as you say, not in the game as much as he'd liked. Wilf, I agree, is going to be very interesting to see what Vieira does with him. And Vieira talked after the game about we all love Wilf, I love Wilf, and we're going to get the best out of Wilf. But it are be very interesting to see how he goes about doing that because it certainly hasn't been a, a brilliant start to the season from Wilf. But we know obviously that we need him on his best to to get the best out of this team. My
5: concern about that actually about Wilf, it, it did feel a little bit like in the first half he made the decision he was only going to give sixty yeah. percent of what he could give you know and, and that's unfair on him because it <clears throat> he he's a professional and definitely in the last third then when the game got stretched he came into the game but may you know my there were some concerns one of which was if he is being marked out of the game there's no one else in the in the team who can offer a threat as is injured etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. I agree with Kevin he has to do more he has to get you know Draw the fouls a bit more, and it just it just wasn't happening. But I was I was quite concerned that pa- after two games, Patrick Vieira's had to come out with a statement about about Zaha. So that gives me the feeling that there's. He's now pinpointing one player. That's not his fault. So now Wilford Zahar becomes the focal point again. Yeah. Not the not 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 the team culture. Not that you look at West Ham yesterday. It was it was a, a team unit playing football, and they've had a season to do that and develop it. And I get that, right? But but this idea now that Wilf is now top of Vieira's mind of making sure he's okay and making it public. This, this is that's not good after two two games. Mm. Difficult though, isn't it,
2: Jack? That for a new manager because you have to make a really quick decision. Do I come out and do what Chasey has said, or do I leave it? Do I have to show that I'm strong with my squad? Do I, you know, big decisions to make early doors for a new manager.
3: Big decisions. I, I, I don't agree with John. I, I think it was right for Vieira to, to. I mean, he was asked a direct question. Um, I watched the press conference last night, and he he was asked a direct question about Wilfred Zaha. So. I I think I think he was right to say, and he it was supportive of Wilf. But, you know, he, he wasn't making any issue that we don't know about Wilf. You know, he said that Wilf, Wilf's the full package, and that you know part of his uh, uh, behavior on the pitch is is why some people love him and why some people hate him. Um, so I don't know about Bia. I mean, you know, he probably needs more time with Wilf to know exactly how that relationship's going to work. But with Wilf, I mean, it's, I wasn't there on Saturday, but I have seen footage of him up with Sergi Canos. And I, I just think Wilf is, is wasting far too much time getting in, you know, fights or squabbles, which last all game in, in a lot of situations with absolute nobodies. I mean, how is Sergi Canos, you know, who's playing his second ever top flight game getting under Wilf Zaha's skin? I just don't understand that. I, I just think Wilf is, you know, the age that he is with the experience that he has, I, I just think he should be managing himself better on the pitch. Um, I, I, you know, everybody has an expectation with Will in terms of Palace fans and a lot of a lot of non-Palace fans as well that he's going to turn it on a lot of games. But he will have games like he had on Saturday. Um, but that said, he did create our two best chances, or in terms of our the, the closest we came to scoring. He plays a lovely pass into Gallagher, which uh, leads to Gallagher hitting the in the woodwork, and then it's his clever play and his well time layoff to MacArthur which leads to MacArthur's shot, which is very well saved by by Raya. So he does in a game where he's not had a particularly good game, he has created our two best opportunities to score. So he had a bad game, but he didn't have the worst game he could have had. Um, but in answer to the question about Vieira, I think we need to see how that relationship builds over the next few weeks. It'll be things like, will he play at Watford tonight? You know, will will Vieira say to him, you know, no, you're, you're the same as everyone else. You know, I'm sending half the first team squad, so you're going as well. Or will he give him the night off? Um, so we need a few more weeks. And again, I think the relationship that Vieira has with Zaha will... Uh, be moulded by the other options that Vieira has in terms of the attacking threat to supplement the the threat that Wilf has.
4: As I as I hinted very briefly right at the start, I do think there was an element with Wilf right from the start of the game of showing the ref that he was getting fouled because we we've got this new and it will, the pendulum will swing back as as I think Jurgen Klopp was right to say on on Saturday mm-hmm. it's it's you yeah, the, the physical it's great to see physical football's a physical game and it's great to see more stuff being allowed but there were two or three tackles by both teams on on Saturday that should have been pulled up and you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't just Brentford and Wilf got a couple of really early they, they were fouls. as simple as that. So I think Wolf was saying to the ref, "Look, I've, you know, the, the the interpretation, of the guidance might have changed here, but but Wolf needs to do that in other ways. He needs to not stop and look at the ref. Wolf needs to think, well, okay, this is going to be what, how it is for the next few games.' And I've got I've just got to keep playing to the whistle blows. I've just got to show that I'm better than that. But I think that was partly the frustration, and I think we'll see that from a lot of skillful, talented players in the next couple of weeks where someone like Conor Gallagher just seems to kind of revel in it and maybe won't get those five yellow cards you talked about and we talked about pre-season because for the first few games they're all going to get a bit more leeway. What will happen is... Somebody will get seriously injured, and then all those pundits on telly, all those people who used to play football, and don't mm-hmm. see why modern footballers don't have to get battered like they get battered. Some, they'll, you know, the Chris Waddles of this world will go, "Well, that's the referee's fault," and it's in and it's the fault of the pundits who spent the last two years going, "Game's gone, game's gone," you can't tackle, because now they're letting players tackle. And someone's going to get hurt until until the, you know. It's like the handball law last year. The handball law was crazy for the first six weeks until everyone decided to change it just in time for us to not give a penalty away against Everton. You know, so I think Wilf was frustrated by the the attention he was getting, but he needs to be better than that again. He, he's going to get that attention. It's as simple as that. So those players have just come out of the championship. They'll have been excited about playing against Wilf Sahar. They'll have wanted to be stuck in against Wilf and that needed to have been addressed before the game.
3: Um can, yeah I, can I go on. sorry JD, can I just add to, to Kevin's point there about the the referee in particular? Because I know there's a lot of praise for the referees and you know Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher have two huge voices within the game and they've been really vocal about how much they're enjoying referees let more things go and and the game seems to be better for it but these are professional athletes who have fine-tuned their game over Mm. the last six seven eight seasons you know Wilf is now in his eighth fourth Premier League season and he's playing to a certain way that he has learned how to play in the Premier League and now all of a sudden he is being hit harder and it's not being rewarded with foul and therefore territory for the team and, there, and, and as a consequence, he is going to be at greater risk of injury because he's going to be having to try and learn a new facet of his game. Yeah. And I think the pace at which the Premier League is played at is often forgotten by those that have recently stopped playing. And I think the, the pace is probably the hardest element to fine-tune for a professional footballer. And that's why people talk about the pace of the Premier League versus you know, teams from the Championship coming up and or teams that play in Europe. You know, the Premier League, could, Premier League teams play at a faster pace in Europe and teams can't deal with it. So if, if the referees... Um, have for whatever reason taken it, taken it upon themselves, or the PGA PGMOL have decided to, you know, go with a, a tougher stance in terms of what's a foul and what's not. That's going to be very difficult for certain players, the likes of Zaha, Sadio Mane, um, you know, a player like Christian Pulisic at Chelsea, who play on the fine lines of being hit hard or making a fullback look very silly. It's going to take time for them to to get used to that, and I think. While Wilf will need to get used to it, if that is going to be a permanent change to the uh, the management of games by referees this season, I think we should give him time, and I think the pundits need to to appreciate that. Um, but Graham Sooness is going to Graham Sooness. so what can you do? I
5: I think just on the last two games, Chelsea and Brentford, I, I didn't see any of that. I, I saw Wilf not getting himself involved, um, giving the ball away. I, I I don't buy this thing of the the the, the new way the referees are going to. Um, the new way referees are, are refereeing is going to have an impact on Wilf. I think Klopp's moaning was all about the fact that he doesn't have 100 million to spend on one player. So, I mean... I, I really don't think I think we're at danger of giving Wilf too many get out of jail cards. You know the last, the last the last palace manager that dropped him was Pardu, as a means of kind of you know he's undroppable which is fantastic kind of you know think but there were times when Vieira was having a go with him on the touchline.
3: Mm.
5: You know and, and 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 that's new for Wilf. I mean I'm not saying Vieira is an ex- experienced manager but he's an experienced world figure in football. And for Wilf to see someone on the touchline berating him. Yeah. You know that's no refereeing decision.
4: I think, John, regardless of how you and I interpret what referees are doing, Wilf clearly did interpret that he was being unfairly treated because we saw in the first five. Weeks, he
5: was doing that last season. He was doing well, that last straight, season and the was, season before. He was I'm, doing it.
4: He was, he was classic hands in the air. Why have I had not been? You know, and Wilf needs to realise until it settles down. He needs to realise that he's going to get failed more. It's as simple as yeah. that. And all the club need to work out a system to let him know that he's going to get failed more. But he was he was, went into classic frustrating Moody Wilf really early on and, that's, and as you say I, I'm, that's not an excuse I'm pointing out that that's how yeah, he yeah. was playing and, and to be perfectly honest you know, Vieira talked about a lot of love for Wilf there wasn't a lot of love for Wilf where I'm sitting in the, in the 90th minute and we're, we're at a situation we've had this conversation every year he's been at the club if someone came in for, with a bid for him for 40 million quid now or players I'd say take it
5: yeah but you know no one doesn't. does no
4: one does I'm not sure Wilf is ever going to have the same impact on a Palace game that he's, that he's had before. Partly because of the way we set up, partly because we haven't got somebody like him elsewhere on the pitch. And It yeah. may do that we will when Elise and Eze are back and that the attention of the back four in the midfield is spread. But at the moment, it's very easy for, for you know, even the team like Brentford, once you saw Wilf out, you've pretty much sorted Palace out.
2: Well, I mean, as Jack says, yeah, uh, we will see what happens when those players do come. And we've been saying it since Blassie left, haven't we, about the balance yeah. up top and the targeting of Wilson. yeah. yeah. Hopefully, and we keep hearing that Elise and SA are ahead of schedule, so hopefully we'll find that out sooner rather than later. But,
5: but sorry, okay, we're talking about Elise, who's 19 yeah, years yeah, old, yeah, has sure, never played yeah, in the Premiership. Yeah, yeah, are we sure? But then we said I that mean, about SA he's, last
2: season. You no, know, he
5: was, and, he's 22, 21, 22. He had, you know, so I mean, this is... This is again. We're going to have to be careful about how we're we're building up Elise here.
2: No, I hear that. I I, I hope Palace are targeting another winger as well in the next ten days to add yeah. more options up there up front. Definitely, they,
3: they have to, JD, because you can't have Jordan Ayew as your only senior yeah. option from the yeah. bench. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, I know he's a try, but we've talked about Ayew before, and I know that when he came on, perhaps we did improve in the final third. But he he is not your you know your go to off the bench. And well, yeah,
2: I'm, you're absolutely right. I mean, we've had a question from at Big Al thinks. Um, Hello, big big out, who said at, at this point, do you think any signing is better than having to make do with you and Schlup on the wing? And it's a very fair point. Yeah. As, on, on Saturday, those as the other only options are um, uh, are not good enough at the moment. But, Can I but, move on? Yeah, so oh, just on. But
4: just quickly though, but John John makes a fair point about least because I I'm, I'm, a, I'm I think it's brilliant to an extent that we're signing potential. That's great. But I'd also like to sign a couple of players that have got Premier League experience that can slot straight into the team, without us having to go. We well, yeah, they might be good. They might. Be. You never know. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. at the moment we've got a lot of eggs in that potential basket. Yeah. And it, it you know, let's spend the money to bring a player. Like, I'd like to see someone like Will Hughes coming, who's got but you know experience in the premier league I'd like to see a winger coming who's got experience in the premier league that you know can can contribute six or seven goals and you know is used to it because as I think if if you all you're doing is buying potential then you're kind of buying a potentially really good championship side next season
2: mm. but I am buoyed by the fact that when Eze came in last season uh, after a couple of months of settling was absolutely fantastic so that, that bridge can be gapped but as yeah, you say, yeah. you don't want to rely on it for everyone um, but at least it was proof that that it can be done um, so we'll see it's going to be an interesting whatever it is 9 or 10 days got left i like to window. see a
4: bridge being gapped it's better than a gap being bridged
2: Does that yeah. sounds, sounds a bit dodgy <laughs> um, anyway on that note let's wrap up part 1 because in part 2 uh, we're going to be picking from Saturday our winners and losers
1: the extra mile in a Volvo Mild Hybrid SUV this summer? No plug-in required. Whether you go to the mountains this summer, the ocean, or somewhere in between, Volvo Mild Hybrid technology adds to a more refined driving experience so you can summer safely. Contact your local retailer to learn more or visit volvocars.com.
2: Welcome back to part two of the Five Plan Podcast. Hey. Hey. Sponsored by Eternity Home Finance. For a free consultation on anything to do, mortgages and property portfolios, email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code FYP. Right, guys, this is a part of the podcast where we're going to split. We're going to leave... Um, our public people if you're listening on the free part of the pod uh, you are now going to listen to a clip from the pod extra from Saturday after that game with uh, Watford as a little teaser as to what you can get on the patron. but we're now going to go into a patron only section where we pick our winners and losers from Saturday so if you want to hear what our picks are do sign up at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast otherwise you will uh, just get a little clip from Saturday uh, but if you're listening on the patron feed then we're going to go and uh, leave the public feed people now
6: it was a very uncomfortable uh, situation in trying to play through the press and it was again today to be honest, we struggled really to to play out and um, found it very, very difficult. I think probably the biggest problem with that was deploying Cech Cuyarte in that sort of holding midfield role where he acts very well as a sort of destroyer if you like as a negative player for a team that doesn't have a lot of possession but unfortunately in possession he struggled particularly in the first half like, yeah, yeah. and his lack of comfort on the ball meant we couldn't really play and, and it's just it looks very disjointed Um but I think it's going to be, you know, until... If you want to play this way, I don't think it's a problem, but you're going to have to get better players to do it with and move the ball quicker, really, you know, and that's that's part of the problem. In fact, the best thing we did in the game today was we made three forward passes and ended up with a chance across the six-yard box in somewhere midway through the second yeah, half, yeah, maybe. Well, yeah. yeah, forward pass into midfield, I think McCart to... Put the ball in behind, ball comes across the box, yeah. chance. If we're going to play this way, you've got to move the ball much quicker yeah. and do everything faster. But that requires people that are more comfortable. MacArthur's fine, he looks yeah. very comfortable. Um, but the, the problem at the moment is that your, your two wide players today, Jeffrey Schlupp and Wilfred, you're just not getting them on the ball enough to really affect the game. And Wilfred only sort of got on the ball in the sort of last quarter of the game, really, when it got a little bit stretched. And, you know, we we worked out that if we sit we drop in for the goal kick and put those bodies on top of us, we can then clip over the top and get into Benteke and play okay. off him, which then made him a little bit more effective and made it work for us a little bit. But I think it was very difficult and it's very clunky right now and it looks what it is a sort of disjointed
7: uh outfit yeah in terms, you said the, mentioning the Huddersfield game, and I yeah. mentioned it earlier. The one thing that I said was a positive because, in terms of like you said, going forward and pushing out, It felt a bit disjointed. One positive that you can take from today is that it wasn't a detriment to our defence. Oh no, the we, two... we, did, we didn't concede. No, three
6: I, goals I agree. I agree. You know, defensively, the two centre halves were very good, and I think they are very good players. And you know, that was that was good. I, we were under pressure for spells of the game. I think we got very lucky just after half time as a free header in the six yard box, which was an absolute sitter. Um, and, uh, had we missed it, I'd probably be grizzling a bit, but, um, I thought those two were particularly good. Um, and I thought Tyreek Mitchell was better today. Uh, Wardy, I thought struggled at times and, and, uh, and check on the ball, but as the game wore we on, Check got better really. He he won a few tackles and got the ball off. But it's just not very fluent. If you're gonna play this way, you've got to be better at it than we are right now. But it's very different to to what we've done previously, I think, in terms of you know, in order to play out in the way that we are we've got to be absolutely super comfortable and every player's going to have to be super comfortable on the ball. That comes in
7: time, though. Yeah, but
6: you, it's also in talent as well, Trevor. You need, so, per, you need personnel that, uh, that are personnel suitable fair, for playing that way.
7: Takes, there's a lot of fresh personnel in the team as well. And we've signed players that are comfortable in the ball. Anderson, proven comfortable on the ball as a yeah. centre-back. Gallagher's proved comfortable on the ball that can be box-to-box. There's also a period of time where you have to look at it and go these players are capable of doing what we think they can be doing and what we want them to do but it's the second game of the season and we're not f- trying to force anything that I don't think our ca- players are capable of I think when the Bulls was here we tried to force things that our team and our squad wasn't capable of today showed glimpses of the fact that we are capable of trying to expand and be progressive uh, in that style of football but I also can you know, not
2: once Luca comes back, is not in the middle anyway, is he?
7: Really? I, w- I would have thought
6: that in order to do better, we're going to have to have somebody playing in that. Is it number six they call these players now? To play, right? I, used to, I used yeah. to call them holding midfield players, but uh, they call him a six yeah. now, and two number eights is two what eights, we're playing yeah, with, yeah. yeah? That's the, that's the common, common no, thing. I
7: agree with you that it definitely needs maybe one, possibly two players in that starting team to do it. But it doesn't feel this season, after last game and today's game, that we're trying to force a style of play that our comf- our players aren't capable of producing. It feels like the the capability there. It's just going to take a few weeks or a few months to get into that style. And like I said before, not at the detriment of conceding loads of goals in the process. We can still nab nil nils and get a few results.
8: I think that's something that that. Vieira doesn't get a huge amount of credit for is that I think at at Nice he basically his his Nice team were was it Nice? Yeah. Yeah, Sorry yeah his Nice team were conceded one of the lowest figures of goals so I think defensive solidity is going to be a big part of that but as Adam says the key thing and as I said before Adam turned up is to have a have like that kind of holding midfielder who is comfortable on in, in possession mm. able to move the ball quickly the thing about Keate I thought in the second half the reason why he looked more effective is that when he got the ball he ran with it instead of just kind of yeah. putting his foot on yeah. it and trying to look he literally just ran out of the he, he basically put, forced his way out of the press and that in turn actually made things more difficult for Brentford and it worked in Pal- Palace's favour yeah. uh, and we could have probably snatched something in the last 20 minutes if, if that execution had just been a little bit better.
2: Which is something you hope will come, and I guess yeah, I guess that's something to look towards. I want to know from Adam, what are the positives?
6: Mm-hmm. Uh, for the two centre-halves, very good. I said that last week, you know, again, all that sort of criticism last week, you know, it's kind of... we signed some very good players, I think. You know, but... We haven't signed enough good players and they have nothing to change the game with today. Mm. Nothing to change the game with.
0: Yeah. True. And, uh, and this
6: idea that, that people have, that are, you know, I see people going, oh, he doesn't take into account we've got three players injured. There's probably always going to be three players injured. That's the nature of the business, yeah. Yeah. right? You need 25 players, not, oh well, we didn't have Conor Wickham much and we didn't have Mamadou Saka much, so we don't need to replace them. Mm. That's a myth. You need 25 players or more. We've got the African nations. We're gonna have COVID situations. We're gonna have all of that to contend with and injuries that are you know, that, that are there. And at the moment we've got Nathan Ferguson injured, Eber Ecciesi injured, which we knew last May, Michael Elise injured and Luca injured, right? They're your four players that's probably going to be a normal situation. Yeah. That means if you have a 25-man squad, you've got 21 players to select When We had two goalkeepers on the substitute spreads yeah. today. I've got to remember whether i put sub bonuses in Remy's contract <laughs> no. after that because that was one I wasn't expecting, <laughs> to be fair. But, but I, I do but, th- I,
2: I completely agree, which is why I was the IU came on and was the only attacking player really available. I do think, and I'm not saying he's the answer at all, I do think IU played quite well when he came on. Yeah. I thought he used it quite well. My... Sat in front behind JD senior, and he said he was really surprised. He was like, we, We've played better with Ayu on the pitch. Like, I couldn't quite compute that IU would improve the team, but I thought he did okay. But obviously, obviously, he is not the answer. And you need, if you're going to take the game, you know, a game like that that we could have won at the end, although I do think a draw was a fair result, you're obviously going to need better options off the bench. And Ayu is not the answer.
6: I think the forward limitations are just there. First of all, Wilfrid's your best player. Didn't get him on the ball enough for the first hour of the game, probably, or first three quarters of the game, really. You didn't uh, get Jeffrey Schlapp on the ball, so it wasn't particularly effective. Conor Gallagher was very positive in the first half and he's running with the ball yeah. and did quite well. But we really struggled. We lost the ball too many times in our own half in the first half of the game, for sure. We caught in possession too many times. And I would say to you that with that situation, we're going to, the way I see it is that if we're going to play this 4-3-3 with a number six and two number eights, it's Luka or Riedervoud, it's uh, Schlapp or Eze, it's uh, MacArthur or Gallagher. That's essentially, I think, where you're getting to. You've got two players for each. but, But then your forward options are Benteke, who we were right to keep, but he's probably not going to be that effective because we're not going to cross the ball very much at the moment by the way was we're that going to play. Today, wasn't yeah, it? We're not we're not he's going to use head him head. in a way that probably makes him really effective. And I think we need... I think everything for me has got to be quicker, just quicker, you know. We've got to move the ball quicker, pass forwards more, forwards more. and, and But playing to people... That aren't comfortable. There were a few times where I thought, like, for example, you know, Joel Ward played forward, but sort of gave it to people at really tight situations. It was quite difficult to handle. It wasn't really a progressive forward pass. It was a bit more like, you have it. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't, and I thought, I thought that that was um, that was difficult. You know, I I just thought it was. There were positive parts, but I'd see it as overall fairly disjointed without creating too many what you would call real clear-cut goal-scoring opportunities. And probably I was hoping that the last 15 minutes we might just get a set play and Joachim Anderson, who I think will be a big asset in the opposition's penalty box, get up and win a header for us and maybe nick us a result. But as you said... I don't think that would have been justified on the balance of the game really for Probably us to win the game I think yeah. so I you know it's it's a work in progress but and I'll take Chaps points that we are sort of you know we are saying that it's it's a work in progress and that we're going to try and do better but or or we will improve but it's a very hard league this and the fixtures that we've got coming up are very difficult yeah. and if we've got one point going into the to the Brighton game which is the sixth game and we lose I think there will be a very a way, yeah but there will be a very different mood around the fan base in terms of where we are and that you know let's hope that's not the case but West Ham, Tottenham, Liverpool in between they're very difficult games they they are three of the top six that we well, last season West Ham finished fifth didn't they I think so, yeah, yeah. No, so did they finish, the, finish fifth, fifth, six but fifth. but they say three of the top six for sure anyway and that's the and, and we knew it was a really difficult start I mean Norwich had a difficult start and have lost eight goals without yeah. registering in the first two games but I don't want us to get caught in a catch-up situation one of the one of the the best bits about Roy's tenure is that we never really ever let ourselves get. Once he got us out of the mire, we never really went back in there very often. I think we were only in the bottom three once yeah. in in that time. Now, you know that can obviously depend early in the season on the quality of the fixtures, but confidence in winning when you're when you're trying to redo what we're trying to do, you know, would help massively but it's actually very difficult to do and it's very difficult to do it against the top 6 teams anyway you know as i said last week you know you're already going to chelsea if you've got your best players available you're still not expected to win you've got no reason to expect a result but i think to me there is a there is a difference between that and not being competitive enough um Which I don't think we were last week in terms of... And I don't mean as in the players' willingness or lack of effort. I mean the squad that we turned up with Chelsea. It was like going to war with a penknife, really. Do you know what I mean? It was kind of... You know, you are... And they've got big cannons and grenades and bombs to throw at you. You know, and it's... I think after nine years in the Premier League, you know, we should be in a better spot. And as I said, it's all very well turning over players and I'm not unhappy with any of the players that have gone and I'm very unhappy I'm very happy rather with the players we signed but the season doesn't start in October it starts on the middle of August and we should be ready bar maybe one or two players and my understanding is that we're only looking to bring in two more players at this point but I think that's probably very changeable and I think we need three forward players and I think you've got to have eight forwards. And at the moment, we've got five, including Mateta, who hasn't convinced anybody yet that he's a Premier League footballer, and Saki, who hasn't convinced anyone yet he's a Premier League footballer either, but for, chance, but for differing reasons. Yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not telling you... I like the kid, I think he's a good player, but he should be somebody... That we've got eight forward players mm. and he's pushing Jordan IU out or somebody else because yeah. he's pushing his way through, knocking the manager's door down by saying, You've got to play me, you've got to play me. We shouldn't be going, well, We've got this seventeen year old kid here, and he's gonna be one of our six forward players for the season. We need eight play, eight forward players. You need you need four strikers and four wide players, or you can say three and four and Jordan IU be sort of uh, as I said Uh, you know yeah you can you can do both but really these players cost a lot of money and I would be concerned at this point with the with the level of player that we're being linked to at the moment doesn't smack of us spending big money on you know if it's Nonny Mandueki that's a different story but at the moment it's Ademola luckman not quite made it at Fulham, not quite made it in Leipzig, not quite made it at Everton, but I wouldn't be against signing him. Mm. And but again, you see, I'm, I'll be critical again of the fact that a week's passed since the Chelsea game, yeah. we haven't made another, we haven't bought another player through the
8: door. I think it's you know, so it's, it's, it's also another... it's also clear that Patrick Vieira feels that way too because he's made that clear yeah. in the last two press conferences now he made it clear before the Chelsea game and before this game that we needed to strengthen and that that needs to happen um, so when the manager is saying that I mean I think we'll I think to the but I think Roy Roy
6: Roy didn't maybe going to employ me as his PR what do you <laughs>
2: Thank you for your winners and losers, there, guys. I think that worked as a feature, didn't it? So, yeah. um, uh, and that is just for our for our lovely patrons as well. Um, so, if you didn't hear that, then you're on the public feed. Uh, do join our patron to hear that uh, at patreon.com forward slash podcast. After the break, we've got questions from our listeners. to part three of the 5 plan podcast hey! uh, sponsored by eternity home finance for a free consultation on anything to do, mortgages and property portfolios email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code fyp uh let's dive straight into some questions here's one from my good friend giles Paley phillips hey giles
4: hey giles Hello, Charles.
2: and giles says have we finally t- finally turned a corner <laughs> you, knew, you knew it was coming from someone. Thank you, Charles. First one in with that one. Um, but then Leif Anderson forehead, hi uh, Leif, replied and said, the only corner we turned was in the queue waiting to get in in Saturday. <laughs> well played. <laughs> Two in one. Excellent. Um, let's move on. There are a couple of questions, actually. And JC, you alluded to this in uh, in the last part. Uh, on Guaita. So Steve Burr. Hi, Steve. Hello, Steve, hi, says, Steve. If Selzy's on, which he's not this week, but of course you can hear him on the Pod Extra, Uh, On Patreon.com. It says, um, can you ask me his thoughts on Guaita? Seemingly comes out a lot more to punch the ball. Is this due to Brentford's strength at set pieces or has he been working on this? Um, How does he feel about him punching the ball more? We will put that to Selzy on the post-match pod, so we'll get his thoughts on that as well. The Hungry Runner is another listener.
5: Hello.
2: Hi, Hungry. Who says, can you see Butland replacing Guaita this season? What are your thoughts on both those
5: points, Jesse? Okay, so um, I thought... Guaita's punching was due to the physical presence and, and the targeting of Brentford, and I must say that Guaita dominated the box in the first half. We, 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 and there was getting there were about three or four long throws coming in corners. I thought he was exceptional. Actually, with his with his punching, all his punches were very clean. So he knew what he was doing, and he, he and he really got involved. And that that's going to give your centre backs a real sense of confidence if your keeper's going to be doing that. So I, I I thought he was instrumental in us getting a clean sheet and instrumental in us uh, in us getting a point. You know, he didn't have to do any really spectacular saves. It was just the dominance. You know, I thought yeah. Tony was did wasn't much. I thought Benteke was probably better than. You know, Tony. The thing about Butland and Guaita, there is a problem about Guaita's game. And I think we know, but it was shown up a bit more against Chelsea and, and and Brentford. And that's his distribution and kicking. And the problem with problem with this is it even goes back to when they're playing it out from 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 the back. He's too slow in releasing the ball to either Anderson or, or Greer, and he doesn't do it with pace. Remember what I said earlier. So when he's passing the ball, the forwards are, are closing in too much. He hesitates to... It, it feels like it's not natural enough to him. Then when he does go long, it, it, again, he he kind of slices the ball with his kicks. It means it hangs there quite a lot. And sometimes it could be too short. Sometimes he was doing those looping passes to Ward, but it was too delayed. So Ward was getting... Ward's not good... At, Good enough on the ball to be able to do something with it. So this is a concern of mine. This is the only concern I have about Guaita is his kicking. Now we used to be able to say in the past that's his, that's the one bad part of the goalkeeper is is let's say his kicking. Um, today in today's game, it has to be a part of the goalkeeper. Um, you know, it, 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 it can't just... And there was a thing where... I think it was the Chelsea game. Um, I, I was at the game and the warm-up, you had D- Dean Kiley on the halfway line and Buckland would be kicking long to D- Dean Kiley as though it was a kind of pitching wedge or a sound wedge in golf. And Dean Kiley wouldn't move and he would just catch the ball and throw it back. Every time Guaita would kick to him, he would have to move three or four steps this side, that side to get the ball. Which you now, if you're st- a centre-forward waiting for that kick, you need to be like more of a butland. You know exactly where it's going to be going rather than it being a bit more wayward. Now, if he can't kick properly, it gives the ball back. It puts us back under pressure and that's the key problem there. So I don't think he should be replaced by butland and I don't think his kicking will improve because he's in his 30s and it's about the ergonomics and the gait and how you position yourself. But it it does concern me in this kind of more modern, fast way of, of playing football. But he, it, it's not, it's not accurate enough.
4: If you look at Arsenal, have had two disastrous defensive performances, and the way they played against Brentford, I'm sure would have given Brentford a lot of confidence that they could do the same to Palace. And we we dealt really comfortably for the most part with the long element of the Brentford game, with the corners, with the long throws, and that was down to goals. my my issue with go into, and it's an issue with a lot of Premier League teams is just because the laws have changed to to allow you not to have to clear the penalty box with your kick doesn't mean you you have to not do that. Mm. Just because you're allowed to have a defender in the box to pass short to, it's not compulsory. And I think there are some clubs who do it much better than others and it doesn't suit us in every opportunity. And, and as, as John says, Wardy is an issue because you've got three, as we talked about before, you've got three young dynamic defenders and then you've got Wardy, who's been brilliant, who shouldn't be starting, who, yes, put in a really good cross, but for the most part, just hasn't got the energy to, to take the ball forward when it comes to him and was quite often the one that Gaeta was giving was receiving the ball from. And Brentford players were on him straight away and Wardy, bless him, hasn't got the ability to, to hold the ball. He never panics and, he, and he, you know he never really makes visual mistakes but in terms of what's happening with the rest of the team I think Wardy's days are numbered with our grateful thanks and with a place on the bench for most games but sometimes Gaeta just needs to look long occasionally, there are one or two occasions when a quick release would have seen Wilf or Benteke getting the ball and you have to rely on the fact that Wilf and Benteke can hold the ball up long enough for people to join in, it's just it just doesn't suit us, it's just like when Mandanda joins it doesn't, you know, the, our two centre backs didn't want the ball from Mandanda it's as simple as that, they wanted him to, to get it to the halfway line and sometimes that's the best thing to do. I, think I, I know, I know, I know yeah. Vierge is trying to change the way we play and wants us to play out, but you know there, there are other options, basically.
5: But, but those Palace centre-backs will want it to come short. They will, they the centre-backs backs will. They, they, yeah, yeah, but it
4: wasn't going
5: to them, that was the trouble. No, but that's yeah. exactly, that's why, I mean, Spurs are a really good team who can play it short, but then Lloris will play it long, straight yeah, away yeah, if he yeah, needs yeah. to. But he'll make it as, as a quick decision. Where Guaita dwells too much, yeah. You know that you know that's my issue. He dwells too much.
2: It's it's very interesting. I remember we had the guys from New York City FC podcast on the start of the season, and one of the things I said about Vieira was there were times during games where fans were urging the team to get forward, and the, the team did want to recycle and go backwards and take a while with the build up. That included the goalkeeper. And it's interesting. You did we did see bits of that on Saturday in yeah. the second half. But again, it's a work in progress, and I'm sure that mm. that will be something yeah. that the team will get used to. We'll,
3: um, we'll see, but we'll see Butland tonight in the Watford game. Yeah. Watford. You know, yeah, yeah. Butland will play the cup game. Um, my concern about putting the presumption that, you know, Butland could just come in, and I do recall him being fairly decent on the ball at Stoke and his time at Birmingham. The thing we need to consider with Butland is he had a real crisis of confidence yeah. at Stoke, and that's why yeah. he was available for 1.5 million. Yeah, and yeah, Stoke yeah. were happy to let, you know, a previous England international become their reserve goalkeeper and then sell him on the cheap because he really had lost the the sense of who he was previously. So if we were to put him in, while his distribution may be better than, than Vicente's, we would need to be assured that he has recovered from what he was going through at Stoke in order to be the Premier League goalkeeper that, that he was previously. And I'm not saying he couldn't be again, but there would need to be the uh, assurance that he could actually tend the goal as well as you know provide decent uh, ball out to full-backs and, and the center half. So it's an interesting one. I, I can't see Vicente being dropped anytime soon unless we start to concede chances and goals from mistakes at the back and, and as as Kevin and JC have both said we haven't done that yet albeit it not looking fantastic yet but that is what we should take into account is that the goalkeeper and the two centre half started the game for the first time on Saturday so mm. it might be familiarity breeds confidence as well
4: but the goal was not fault for the goal at Chelsea as well the second one. The second, the second two, one. The other two are sort of well. Yeah, astray. the other two are great. but yeah. The second one was, was an error.
3: So. But not but not from distribution. No, that no, no, absolutely. Yeah, error. yeah. No, I agree,
4: yeah. I agree with you. I don't think there's any indication that that he's not going to be our goalkeeper for the foreseeable future. But I think Butland is a really good... They've got, in Dean Carley, they've got a really good goalkeeping coach as well. And I think yeah. from, from what I've heard of him, if anybody can rebuild a keeper's confidence, it's, it's him.
3: Yeah, uh, it does feel a little bit- I, I really, Well, I really hope he does get a game tonight and and plays well yeah. because we you know it could be an injury you know Vicente only has to his hamstring and we we're relying on Jack Butler yeah, well
2: yeah, though, so you know. yeah. um it does feel a little bit like um, when we moved from Speroni to Hennessy because every, when we signed Hennessy everyone was talking about well his, his distribution is so good he can kick it really far but then we saw over the preceding years that actually there was many areas of the game that weren't as good as Speroni, and actually that was more frustrating than making up with the kicking so yeah the whole stopping goals thing wasn't brilliant it wasn't, for yeah it, yeah, turns out, yeah waiting in yeah. photos you know yeah. anyway <laughs> let's move on to a question from from Ben Hi Ben, who says Enketia, take or leave and I guess this is a uh, a link to the rumor that we are after Eddie Enketia from Arsenal the latest reports seem to be that we've offered 10 million Arsenal want 20 which seems quite a lot and that Palace are only prepared to pay 10 um, we the striker is on the list Kevin I guess are you a fan of Enketia, take or leave
4: a take absolutely. Um, I I would pay the twenty to be perfectly honest. I think Willock was a he. He looks really good when he was at Leeds. He's a he's a different type of striker. Uh, it gives us an option that we we haven't got at the moment. He's a natural goal scorer. He he takes players on. He takes shots on from the edge of the box. He can. He's a. Jack in the box striker as well. Absolutely, He's Premier League quality. He would give us real a real level of option that we haven't got up front.
5: Uh, let's go to JC yeah home. I think I mean he's injured I think at the moment as well which is not surprised. that's what we seem to well, do I mean the only thing I was, I, was, I was having correspondence with Laurie Dahl yesterday and he said yeah let's buy let's buy young Arsenal players <laughs> who, who who can't get anywhere near this <laughs> Arsenal first
3: eleven
5: <laughs> <11." laughs> and the la- last time we did that it was Julian Grey and Tommy Black so um, so I mean oh, I don't, I don't I to be honest with you I don't know enough about him I think it's such a shame we missed out on Armstrong. Um, yeah. You know, that's the type of player we should be. We should have had in our in our you know in our plan. So um, I, I'm I, I would say this. At least we've got a striker in.
2: Yeah, I uh, I play football on Monday nights in uh, in Amersham, and um, that's great. I'm probably the best player there. It's so good. Um, and um, one of the guys there, Dan, is an Arsenal fan. So I asked him last night, and he said. Fantastic poacher. Talk about Enketia, not me. Fantastic poacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Poaching an too. <laughs> it, sounds <like> a... <laughs> it sounds like a book, I, doesn't yeah. it? It sounds yeah. like... <laughs> uh, it's like, like I got the Christian novel. Um, uh, is a good, a good poacher, but the rest of his game is, isn't particularly mobile. Rest, so sort of in and around the 6 child box, brilliant. Made me think of Dwight Gale, in a way. In the terms of what he offers to the team, but Jack, is that something that we desperately need to the tune of twenty million?
3: A bit, a bit like Will Hughes, as long as this deal is done on Palace's terms, I'm all for it. Um, I, I don't want to. I don't want to pay twenty million for Ketty. I've seen him a few times in the Premier League, and he is a threat. But there's not enough to the rest of his game, and I don't know whether we can rely on just a, a bloke to put the ball in the net. But I, I like I like him, and 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 Kev just mentioned his spell at Leeds, and I thought he. He was good then. He, he, you know, showed a lot of promise and um, and went straight back into the Arsenal. Arsenal called him back, I, I seem to recall, mm, yeah. um, and uh, he was he's part of the first team plans. But yeah, I, I'm kind of with JC at looking at the Arsenal reserve list is a bit of a concern when that you know reserve list is playing second fiddle to the worst Arsenal team of the generation. It does seem a, a little bit daft. But yeah, I, I, of the options that I've heard linked with us, um, if we could get him for around you know ten to twelve million, I think it could prove a shrewd piece of business.
4: You just you and uh, JD have just referred to him as a brilliant poacher, and the only thing he can do is put the ball in the back of the net. I'll pay 40 million quid for that.
5: <laughs> yeah. that's, that's
4: exactly what we want. Is somebody, if that's the only thing he does every game, is put the ball in the back of the net once, And yes, thank you very much, because... Currently, we lack somebody to do just that.
3: Yeah, I guess one one, one of my reasons for being hesitant to pay more than that is because I think there's other areas of the squad to still add to as well. Not You know, being Palace, I doubt we've got got tens of millions, but you're right. You know, know, if if we do need to pay for the most, uh, you know, important element of the game, then that's what you have to pay for. Um, but if we're paying I'm, if we're paying twenty or thirty million for Inquetti, I think there's probably better players at twenty and thirty million.
1: But,
4: but the, the problem is, you're always going to pay a premium for strikers, always. Yeah. And yeah. Because yeah. there are, you know, there there are far fewer of them. Demand far outstrips supply. Was, there there are plenty of Will, there, there are other Will Hugheses. Yeah, you know I mean, and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, there, but there are very few natural goal scorers out there, and he's yeah. he's one of them. And if you're guaranteed fifteen goals a season, that's worth twenty million criticize So in today's in today's market insofar as any human being is worth 20 million pounds, you
2: know, <laughs> um, I am a Monday nights, um, but um, it'll be interesting to see where, how he fits in, where we, whether Fiera puts him up front on his own with, we haven't bought him oh, yet. Our Behind, yeah, I know. Just it's I'm trying to think when we bought
4: him. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, we will do. We've been
2: we... going for an hour. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's reported by uh, David Ornstein, I think, in the Athletic. So it does come with some um, some weight behind it. That, um but we will see. Okay, in fact, that actually wraps up questions for this part. We do have a game to preview on Saturday. I mean, technically, we have two to preview, but I think we won't bother with Watford. But anyway, join us after the break and see which one we do preview. <laughs>
1: When it comes to business travel in Orlando, it's never business as usual. Oh, sure, I could go on for days about all the incredible places to hold meetings or the Michelin dining or the innovative industries that'll make you feel right at home. But Dr. Michael Edwards of Ocean Insight said it best. Orlando is as much a business capital as an entertainment one. So dive in and see what's happening in Orlando, where the possibilities for business travel are unbelievably real. Learn more at Orlando for Business right welcome back to part
2: four of the five band podcast
4: hey!
2: sponsored this week by our friends at eternity home finance for a free consultation on anything to do with mortgages and property portfolios email info at eternityhomefinance.com and quote the code f-y-p uh, right do we want to preview the Watford game given that by the time I've edited this it'll pretty much be kick-off and shall we no. just pretend it doesn't happen? Let's
3: do, let's do uh, let's win or lose out. prediction. Let's do win or lose <laughs> prediction for Watford. Go on Watford. then, Jack. Win
2: on penalties. Oh, oh, please, no. I need to get home at some point. Um, Kevin? Uh,
4: comfortable win which kick-starts our season. Yes, that's what I'm talking about.
5: JC? Uh, like, like Kevin, I think a 4-1 win. <laughs> <laughs> Everything gels. <laughs>
2: <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, superb. Um, let's move on to West Ham then, which I think...
5: 4-1 uh, be- win. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Everything will gel. <laughs> uh,
2: Jack, might be a bit trickier
3: on Saturday. Uh, the league leaders. You know what? The league leaders, West Ham, yeah. Um, I was really... I think hope was probably the word that the return of West Ham fans would derail them entirely and it didn't happen. I, I really thought they were the club that benefited most from no fans in and I thought their return of fans would, would mean that things um, didn't go, go to plan for them last night. I, I know the game was impacted by a, a red card for Leicester, which I thought was a valid red card, um, but they were great, West Ham. They were really good. Um, their, their midfield engine room is, is tireless. Suchek and Rice are just great. And, and, and between the two of them, there's probably £150 million worth of current market value in their midfield, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about one's a youth product and one would cost them about £12 million, uh, only 18 months ago. Uh, their threat's down the flank with Kufel and Cresswell. Um, and, and then they've got an attacking threat with the likes of Nows, Bowen, Ben Rama and the man up top. Mr Cardboard Cutter himself, Mikhail Antonio, who last night, as, as Kev touched on earlier, took hold of a situation when Leicester had just got themselves back in the game. Antonio's two goals were brilliant centre-forward play. and we, We've waxed lyrical about Anderson and Gaye, but they're going to need their best game in a Palace shirt so far if they're going to keep Antonio quiet. That guy is absolutely brimming with confidence. And, and David Moyes is doing what David Moyes did at Everton in that he is refining a unit and that unit is becoming very effective. Um, I know they've got the challenges of Europe this season to come, um, but with a little bit of um, you know, depth to that squad. I can see West Ham being in that top eight again, and and being quite a decent watch as well as um, a threat to other teams.
4: They were they were nearly relegated 18 months ago as well, which is I a more it's remarkable. I, I think your point about the crowd is is valid because I absolutely agree. Let's see what happens if if they go one nil down because that's what didn't happen last night. They they the crowd responded to a really positive performance. I I said it at half time to Ed. It's like, yeah, they've been brilliant on the break. That's been their game plan. They've let Leicester have the ball. A ludicrous amount of touches for the two Leicester centre-backs. I think yeah. it's a record for Sionchu touches by centre-half in the first, first 45 minutes. And then I said to Ed, yeah, well, let's see how clever they are when they've got possession of the ball for the whole of the second half, it turned out just as good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which is really
4: worrying. The, only, the only consolation is, because at the moment, you can only predict a comfortable win for West Ham. The only consolation is they have conceded three goals in the mm. in the two games that they've won comfortably. Um, and I think they will have to, for the whole of the game, they'll, they'll have a lot more of the ball than, than we did. And we'll be trying to do to them what they did to Leicester in the first half last night. But they look, without having world class you know I don't think many people two seasons ago would put Antonio in their their fantasy football team or Souchek so without having individual world class players they are a really good team at the moment they, and they've got goal threats from all over the place and I, it's sort of Mikel Antonio is a player we've been linked with several times and he's just kind of go, you assume if he came to us he wouldn't be that good but <laughs> He's, 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 it's taken him a long time He's 30-odd It's taken him a long time yeah. To fulfil that potential But he, in his own way In that second half last night He was as unplayable As Lukaku was on, on oh, Sunday In, the, in the thir- that first half Against after Lukaku Was just it's, And also to be fair That Chelsea performance Did sort of put Our performance against them In the first game In a slightly different light Because they're clearly okay. They're clearly a really Really top-class team
2: yeah, um, yeah, Antonio is thirty-one. Yeah, thirty-one, as you know. Yeah, um, they got him from t- uh, from Reading, but he was at Tooting and Mitcham. Yeah, oh, sorry, they got him from Forest, but he went Forest. from Tooting and Mitcham so Mitch- to Reading. Yeah. Yeah. born in Wandsworth, so yeah, local boy, and then and then Sheffield Wednesday for a bit, and then West Ham. And you're right, West Ham at twenty fifteen, so he'd have been twenty-six by that point. So it's yeah. um it's 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 an unusual story actually, a journey for a footballer, but he is doing absolutely fantastically, and he was in my fantasy team last year. Just want to point that out. Um, JC, what are your thoughts on Saturday?
5: I, I, yeah, I agree with everything. I mean, West Ham have spent lots of money over the last three or four seasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, so we have to, and not, not all of that works. Mm. Um, so it's credit to Moyes. I, I, was, I, I was thinking, you know, if you're thinking about what we're trying to do at Palace, this idea of creating a team culture, you know, and if you look at the West Ham team, they've got Dawson as a mm. centre-back, but you still feel that not one of our first Team eleven would go into that team. And that's a difference, not because mm. Dawson is better than Anderson, but because of what it takes to get that kind of sense of culture in your team where everyone knows what they're doing. We want, we want to, you know, Brentford had a little bit because they've had that, pre, you know, two, two se- for two seasons or whatever. But that's something that made me the most envious was the glue, the, this idea of being able to get a unit working and some exciting players, but everyone playing for the team. So Ben Rama, who's skillful, he just plays for the team. He's not playing for his own thing. We, we rely and we've always relied on Zaha. They, they're not relying on anyone, yeah. you know? And, 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 and I think that that, that's, that's my point. And that's what we have to really focus on is our philosophy. So I, I, I really think also I watched the game last night. I'd be very surprised if we get anything from it because mm. they, they they're playing that well. I was, very very concerned about David Moyes and his tracksuit um (laughs) because I reckon I reckon what's happened is that his PA or his said um so listen I'm just going to run down now and go and get your tracksuit going to get extra large right and he goes no 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 medium yeah get me he he looked like Piece of sausage and I think that That probably had an effect on the Leicester players or something because they were <laughs> Like looking at I mean anyway but that's um, But yeah they They're I agree with Jack as well about I Thought that playing with no West Ham Fans there with their entitlement Was going to be you know or, Would would derail Them this season but it hasn't And they, they, they were very Exciting to watch Leicester didn't know what to do Even before they went down to 10 players
4: I, I worry for David Moyes because he looks to me like he's on a journey that many men in my family started, including me. His metabolism's gone. Right, <laughs> he's two seasons away from Steve Bruce's size. <laughs> yeah. I, thought,
5: I thought he was going for it,
4: yes. Steve yeah, Bruce but, is it but, but unfortunately, his face will stay normal size, and the rest of him will be Steve Bruce size, and that's going to look really weird. So yeah. I might write I might write to him and say just make the most of this season because your disco days are over, David. Simple as that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh good. Look, you don't just get football analysis, you get sartorial advice on this podcast <laughs> as well. And health advice. Anyway, guys, I think that's a good part to end the pod. Uh so thank you very much uh for for joining me. JC,
5: great to have you back on. Yeah, thank love you, to see you so JC. much. Yeah. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Good. We'll
2: book you in again very, very soon. Uh Jack, hope you recover. Uh, from the tough mother, and uh, feel better.
3: Thanks, mate. It's it's been nice to be distracted from moving for an hour. So thank you. <laughs>
2: uh, and Kevin, thanks for ever being here. Always good
4: to talk to you. Thank you, mate. Always a pleasure.
2: Brilliant. And thank you to Eternity Home Finance for being our sponsors this season. And thank you to our patrons as well for their support. We love them. And thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. Please do keep, keep your questions coming in. Um, there'll be a post-match pod, a brief one from the Watford game tonight, and then obviously one from Saturday at West Ham as well. And we're back next week with our main free podcast, uh, reviewing those games and answering your questions. But until then, stay safe, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Goodbye.
1: Podcast
4: Network.